0: Hey, thanks for joining us again this week for uh, Digging Deeper as we look into our first message on the Sermon on the Mount and that idea of teaching versus training. Um, Now, really, at at the core of it all, fundamentally, what you do with the Sermon on the Mount is going to be determined by how you answer the question, are these words, is this sermon... A really good teaching or is it training um, because of his teaching you're going to try to do it if it's training you're going to allow it to do something in you and and the idea of training really to accept the Sermon on the Mount as training comes down I think to um, Jesus walking into this moment in the Sermon on the Mount and reorienting things. So think of it this way, think of it as the nation of Israel has been driving along and so to speak figuratively following their GPS. So so they've left Egypt, they put the directions into the promised land into their phone and they're walking through and and they spend all this time taking these wrong turns and they constantly hear that message, recalculating recalculating, recalculating, telling them the next route to make. But but on the flip side is one of the things I love about, particularly places I don't know when I'm following my GPS, is sometimes I just get to the point where I'm not sure where I need to go, but I'm just going to turn because I know it's going to tell me if I went the wrong way and it's going to tell me how to get back on track. And so that's kind of what has been going on for all these centuries after, the, the nation of Israel walked out of Egypt and they've got their own place now. They've, they're, they're driving through this spiritual life of what does it look like to be God's chosen people and how do we navigate it and where do we go? And the problem is that they've gotten off track. They're, they've gone the wrong direction. And, and in a sense, the Sermon on the Mount is God himself showing up in the person of Christ, in the humanity of Jesus, and going, hey, i got to recalculate the route. We need to reorient the route. i got to get you back on track. So it started with, you know, all the way back in Isaiah, Emmanuel, God with us. And even in Leviticus when when they're in the wilderness and God says, hey, make the tabernacle so that I may dwell with you, so that I may be present with you. And now here we are, you know, after that, that what's called the intertestamental period, the period between the, the last words of the prophets and the beginning of the book of Matthew between, it's like 900 years in there between um, the last prophetic words to Israel and the birth of Jesus. And so in that intertestamental period, what's happened is the nation of Israel has said, hey, this is how you become holy. You obey all the laws. And then they've added even more laws. And they took the Ten Commandments and now all of a sudden it's become hundreds of commandments that people had added to and so then Jesus shows up in the Sermon on the Mount, and that's Jesus as the great GPS, the spiritual GPS going, hey, we're going to recalculate, going to reorient. And, and that's what's happening here. And so Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, the, you, we need to recalculate the route that you're on because the route that you're on is going to take you through places that, that aren't safe for you, mainly places in your own strength. You're never going to get to your destination because you're trying to get there in your own strength. You're trying to get there in your own holiness. You're trying to get there in your own obedience. You're trying to get there through your own good works and your own behavior. And that's not going to get you there. And so the last thing the nation of Israel needed was another teaching. They had plenty of those. They had distorted every teaching they got. They had the teachings of Moses in the Pentateuch. They had the, the the teachings and the warnings of the major prophets and the minor prophets. They had you know, the Torah, the law that taught them. They had all these things. And and yet they weren't getting anywhere. They were simply adding more and more teachings to the teachings that God gave them and then raising the the uh behavioral expectations that you have to do these things and if you didn't do these things then then you had a problem between you and god it's that religion that we talked about on sunday that religion that's that's man's reach to god saying look what i've done god look what i'm looking look at how hard i'm trying to climb this ladder to you look at all the effort i'm putting in so now you have to accept me and and the reorientation is jesus going no you can't get there by your religion you can get here by faith, but faith is me reaching to you. And, and so that's what's happening here, the reorientation from works, what are you going to do, to um, identity? Who are you becoming? And, and that's the fundamental question in this week's, this introduction, this beginning of our walking through the Sermon on the Mount, is am I going to take these teachings of Jesus and use them as a prescription of how I need to reach to God or am I going to take them and allow them to be Jesus reaching to me, God reaching to me, telling me what he's going to make me into. And so the reorientation comes and all of a sudden we have the freedom to allow God to move to us instead of us having to do the work to move to God, which is what the law was, which is what the Jewish nation had turned God's good and holy and righteous law into. It was a, a measure, a standard by which you could know that I was holy because I behaved well. Um, problem with that is all that really does for people is uh, teaches us how to hide our misbehavior, our badness really well. Um, and so now I try to present myself as best I can as as somebody who's good. And and that's what was happening here. And so this reorientation comes. Jesus comes on the scene and says, I'm going to reorient all of this. And the reorientation is going to happen through a couple things. Number one, your obedience, I'm going to help you see that your obedience is not the primary factor. It's not the lens that everything gets filtered through. Rather, the lens that everything gets filtered through, the primary factor, the main backdrop of everything is God's love for you, not your obedience. So the reorientation moves from, hey, let me focus on me, how well am I doing, to hey, let me focus on God. How big is his love? He's never going to turn me away no matter what. And, and no matter how bad I've been, he's always going to leave a wave for me to come back to him because of his love for me. So then the question becomes, what's that weight? And if it's away from God instead of away from me, a way of God's making instead of a way of my making, then my efforts probably aren't the primary factor in this. So what we get is Jesus coming in. I'm reorienting all of it. It's not about the law. It's not about your obedience. It's about God's love, God's mercy, and his grace bestowed upon you. The question is, will you accept it? And if you say, yes, I'll accept it. Yes, I'll be apprenticed to you. Yes, I will commit to becoming like you, doing what you did, learning from you, and and living in the same power you lived in. Then, Then now something's happening in me. Your words are doing something in me because I've apprenticed myself to you. I've committed myself to you. I've said, I want to be what you, become what you are, and I'm going to commit to that process and allow you to do that work in me. So the apprenticeship process then brings us to the place where we can be said, it can be said of us that we are salt and light. And that's what's happening here. Jesus is telling those who have said, yes, I'm going to apprentice myself to you, Ah, because of that, because you've placed yourself under me, because you desire to become like me, because you've committed to that, you are now salt and light. And that is the point of the Sermon on the Mount that we have to start from We can't start from a place of saying, this is teaching me how to become salt and light. We have to start from a place of saying, because I have apprenticed myself to him, I am now salt and light. And here's why. Because as salt and light, now I'm in a process of training to learn to live like salt and light. Big difference. If I'm already this and being trained to live as it versus I'm not this yet, I'm trying to become it and you're teaching me how to become it. Do you see the difference in it? One of those things, the idea of training is freeing something that's already in me, teaching me how to bring out something that's already there. have a friend who never ran in his whole life, started running when he was 52, 53 and he ran a marathon. Now, think about that. He ran a marathon in his mid 50s after having never run his whole life. How did he do that? Because he trained to run a marathon. Well, the fact that he ran a marathon in his mid 50s after training for it tells you what? Tells you that he had a marathon in high, inside him all along. He was capable of running a marathon all along, but he had not trained release that. You are salt and light and have been since you apprenticed yourself to Christ, but you have not trained to release it. The Sermon on the Mount is training us to release what we are, salt and light, the same way that my friend Don was training to release the marathon runner that has been in him all his life, even though he never exercise that marathon runner to that degree to say, I've run a marathon. From the moment you accepted Christ, you moved into the identity of Christ. His identity was now in you. From that moment, whether it was five days ago or 50 years ago or whenever it was, you were salt and light. The problem is, for most of us, probably all of us to some degree or another, is we don't know how to live as salt and light. It's in us, but we haven't been trained in it, so we can't release it. The marathoner was in him. He hadn't been trained in it, so he couldn't release it. The Sermon on the Mount becomes now the training process to release the salt and light identity that is in us by placing ourselves in Christ. So, so that's critical. That's important to understand over these next weeks of looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Because if you don't get this, next Sunday, when we start looking at all the times Jesus says, You've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said, Don't kill, but I say love your enemy. You've heard it said, Don't commit adultery, but I say don't lust. You've heard it said, you, If you divorce your wife, give her a certificate of divorce. But I say unless it's sexual immorality do it, don't get divorced at all. You've heard it said, you know, that, that 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 you should love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say love your enemies and if somebody hits you turn the other cheek. If you don't get this idea of teaching versus training before we go here, you're going to hate me next Sunday. Because here's why. When I look at these words of Jesus, you're going to look at them as judgment over the things that you have done in your life. The lust that you've committed. The times you've called a brother a fool. Maybe you're divorced. And you're going to look at that and say, how dare you judge me over this? And you're going to look at the times that, that someone um, was an enemy of yours and you didn't love them. Or where somebody attacked you and you didn't turn the other cheek if you look at it as, as teaching next weekend and every weekend after that when we go through the Sermon on the Mount is going to feel like judgment and frustration. But if you can grasp this week that what we're talking about is training, not teaching, when we go into those things next week where we all have to look at this and, and when Jesus goes, you've heard it said, but I say, and we have to go, oh man, I failed in that, failed in that, failed in that, if we look at it as training, then we can look at ourselves the way my friend Don looked at himself when he decided he wanted to run. And he said, you know what? I believe there's a marathon runner in there. Let me figure out how to release him. We can look at ourselves in these moments, particularly when we look at those, those teachings of Jesus that say, you can't do this, or you shouldn't have done that, or you've heard it said this way, but I say, I raise the bar. I say this. We can look at that and go, you know what? Jesus, I think there's a salt and light in me that, that won't call my brother a fool and murder him in my heart, that won't look upon a woman with lust in my heart, that won't hate my enemies, will actually love them and pray for them. I believe that person's in there. Can you train me to release him? That's why it matters. That's why teaching or training is the crossroads that we face this week. We have to choose the path, the road of training instead of simply teaching. Otherwise, the level of frustration is going to go up exponentially as we examine what Jesus tells us we should be in the Sermon on the Mount. Because if we look at it as teaching and he says, you should be this, particularly when we go next week into Matthew 5, 21 through 48 we will look at that and go, I cannot do that. I have not done that, and I'm not sure I ever will do that. If it's teaching, that will be our response, and we'll be frustrated, and we'll feel as if God is dismissing us. But if it's training, we'll look at those things and go, Jesus, I have not done that. I believe it is in me to do that, but I need you to train me so that I can release that. And now I walk into that. So I hope that helps, I hope that helps you grasp the importance of saying, hey, we need to choose, is this going to be training or teaching? And that's what we have to walk towards the rest of the way as we walk up this mountain to hear this sermon from Jesus. The path that we're going to choose starts with the path of training, not simply teaching. Teaching. So I hope you have a great time in your group and and have some great discussion. and um, Just let me pray for you before you go into that time of discussion and and just ask God to bless you. Father, we're just grateful that we can look at this greatest teaching, this, this greatest teaching that's ever been, and understand that it is way more than simply a teaching. It's a vision of Jesus saying, this is who you are. It's an invitation to become intentional about him making us into that, allowing us to live out of that identity as salt and light. And as we're going to see in our next message, out of the disposition that's been replaced in us. It's not simply a character issue. And that, Lord, you're doing a mighty work in us. You're making us into what Jesus is teaching that we should be. And so, God, I pray that we participate with that and let you have your way in it. We just ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.